FM 104 is switched on and I'm joined by chartered psychologist Leisha McGrath. Hello. Hello. Thank you very much for joining us once again. I think this is something we've all dealt with at some point in our lives. Rejection, whether it's in work or whether it's personal rejection as well. How do we handle that? Is it the same between personal and work? Um, I think it depends. I mean, we're all familiar with that pit mm. <laughs> of the stomach. Oh, my God, where you're kind of inside or recoiling. And it's not a nice feeling in, in the moment at all. I think kind of the degree to which we're going to feel that rejection depends on how much our hopes are pinned on whatever it is that um, we've been rejected by or whomever we may have been rejected by. So I think a lot, you know, there are things like personality, there are things like resilience that are kind of mitigating factors. So they, you know, they will buffer us or not, depending on on where we are on a number of of aspects of that. But I think um, it really probably comes down to how much we really want the thing and how much we feel, you know, we're committed to it. And we've we've kind of almost built our life around this one thing. Mm -hmm. Then you're more likely to, to, to suffer the negative consequences of it. What can you do with that feeling? I think the first thing that's really important to do is to feel it. And um, it is a feeling and like all things, it will pass. I think what can people can do is they might, might want to eat it away or run it away or drink it away or, you know, be angry with it or, you know, and being angry, of course, is, is, is fine. But but I think um, I think it's really important to feel it and to go through the stages of all the feeling of, of rejection and, and anger will be one of those. But obviously, it needs to be expressed in a in a socially acceptable way. But it's not to run away from the feeling. Let the feeling kind of you know pass, and then start to think. Right, where does this leave me? What have I learned? Um, what does this mean for me going forward and kind of make a plan. And I and I, I think it's often really useful to talk to people, whether that's feedback from a job interview you didn't get or from, you know, a relationship that's over or whatever it is. Um, taking feedback is, is often very useful and, and asking for support. You know, we're not always brilliant at asking for support. Mm-hmm. Can some forms of rejection be useful? I think so. I mean, not all things are for us. And, you know, I've spoken with many people who've said, oh, my God, thank God I didn't get that job or, you know, look Mm -hmm. at the career I would have ended up in. And I actually I'm so much happier where I am now. It seemed the end of the world at the time. For me, going through life, I think there's a huge amount that we need to trust. And we don't have a a crystal ball. We don't know what's going to happen at the end of the road. So, you know, not everything is for us and that's okay. It's not to put so much pressure on ourselves for one route and one route only. So I think being able to come out of the, you know, the details, see the woods from the trees, be able to have that sense of perspective, manage our, our emotionality and our resilience really well. Um, and then we can kind of, as I say, make that plan. And it may be a different plan, as you say, if, you know, if, it, if it's a rejection that's good for us. Um, but sometimes that can take a little bit of time to pivot our point of view and to take that on board. And, and that's okay. How do you brush yourself off and go again? Because as you said, it can be quite difficult yeah. Is, is it baby steps, I suppose, at the start? Yeah, I think it very much is baby steps. I mean, in the face of a kind of like, if we're talking about a fairly big rejection, um, I think it is really about um, minding yourself almost like a cocoon, you know, managing whatever needs to be managed and then kind of really trying to um, shut down the system a little bit and really just try and mind yourself. And then it is about baby steps. But I will say about resilience, 
you know, the more we go through difficult times and learn to shake ourselves down and move on, the more resilient we become. And that's part of life. You know, life isn't puppy dogs and rainbows. We know from the pandemic that people who did better in the pandemic were people who had already gone through difficult times. But what I always say to my clients and I run home, workshops on this as I probably said to you before we need to get to know ourselves we need to actively build our own resilience toolkit in in commas, the peace times not when our brain is all mm. over the wall do you know what I mean that's not the time to build the resilience toolkit that's the time to pick into the resilience toolkit that you've already built and in the workshops that I um, run on this topic I often get people to think about a spider web as resilience as your resilience toolkit. It's an image borrowed from an amazing man, Dr. Chris, Chris Johnstone on the College of Wellbeing.com. He's brilliant. But he talks about, you know, if you look at all the individual strands of a spider web, so fragile. But actually, when you put all the strands together, it's really quite beautiful and way stronger. So, you know, what I would say to people is do things that allow you to create space between yourself and the events around you. So that can be things like breathing. It can be things like time in nature. It can be meditation. It can be journaling. But, you know, something that that allows you to realize that you are not the event, that there is some space and that even if you didn't get the job or the relationship ended or whatever it is, you can still get up in the morning and breathe. And, you know, there's a bit of different, different distance between you and the event. And that's super important in a resilience context. And also being able to know the people that you can call on, know what your strengths are in, in these kind of situations, know that you can rely on, you know, your sense of humor or your kind of common sense or your whatever it is, you know, that you can, that allow you to, it allows you to bring these things through. And I think it's good to do those kind of daily, weekly, monthly practices just to build that sense of resilience within your system. But then also kind of practicing some things for in the moment when things go wrong. Okay, I didn't get the job, but you know what? I'm just going to take a walk around the block. I'm going to breathe. I'm not going to shout at anyone, you know, Mm -hmm. and learning to kind of practice those things so that they're at our fingertips when the wheels come off and, and the rejection is felt. How do you start the process of getting to know yourself? Well, that's a great question. Um, well, what I always say to people is get a notebook just for you, a really nice fancy one, ideally, <laughs> and notice. Notice yourself. Notice where you uh, are laughing. Notice where you feel happy. I just having a conversation with my son today about, you know, all the different friend groups and all the, you know, and I was saying, well, where, where are you yourself? Mm-hmm. Where do you feel like you don't have to put on an act? Where do you feel more relaxed? That, that's your tribe. And I think we know, like our bodies and our system know an awful lot more than we allow them, allow ourselves to hear, maybe put it that way. And what's called somatic wisdom. So being in your body, you'll often find um, when you tease things out with clients that they'll be like, yeah, I actually knew I didn't like that. I always felt a tension around my chest or I, you know, I'd stammer. I wouldn't be able to be, you know, comfortable in that meeting or whatever it was. That's not for you then, you know, and, and learning to take ourselves out of situations where we don't feel comfortable and learning to be in situations more that we do feel comfortable that allow us to thrive and really starting to notice that um, and learning the signals from ourselves. So that involves creating that bit of quiet time so that we can reflect and tune in with ourselves. And, you know, and the other thing is we're never, it's not a one and done. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. we change depending on, our stage in life, what's going on, what our priorities are, what we're worried about, if we're feeling well, if we're under pressure, if we're not, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's an ongoing life exploration. And when I do my workshops, um, 
I found that there were five themes that came up again and again and again for people in this space. And these are, you know, executives with big jobs and big houses and big whatever who weren't happy. And I found there were five things, Louise. There was energy management, where you get your energy and where and what costs you energy. Your thinking styles, where are you blocked in your thinking? Are you able to do boundaries was the third relationships how to have really brilliant relationships and then this resilience piece is the fifth how to build your resilience toolkit and i take people through exercises which allow them to personalize that so you and i going through the workshop would come out with totally different things because you and i are totally different people does that make sense absolutely and it's brilliant you see people make some of them make large scale decisions and other people just change how they experience the world but like I, I track them kind of you know how happy you are and glad you're at the beginning and at the end and it's amazing the leaps that people make just mm. when they take this time to get to know themselves because we weren't taught how to do it you know Never. in school or mm. in university or anything maybe they do it now I don't know my last time at university <laughs> but but yeah so I, 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 I do that with people and it's, it's, it's really exhilarating to see how people wake up and, and, and really get to know themselves and get to trust themselves how can people find out more about the workshops? Um, so they're on my um, they're on my LinkedIn, uh, LeishaMcGrath.com, on my website, uh, LeishaMcGrath.com. Sorry, my LinkedIn, LeishaMcGrath, my website, LeishaMcGrath.com, and then my Instagram, which is at Start with Three Minutes. I actually had some starting on February twentieth, um, and they run every second Tuesday. Um, they're online. The VHI or whatever your healthcare will um, give you money back on them because I'm a psychologist, so mm-hmm. it's you know it's 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 kind of claimable on a lot of people's um, package, and it's a group. Now I will say they're just for women these ones online, but I do other ones you know as well. Um, so yeah, love to hear from your listeners. They're always lovely when they get in touch. Mm-hmm. Excellent, Lisa McGrath. Thank you so much for chatting to us. Thanks a million, Louise.